Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to our Talking Markets podcast series here on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our focus for today will be on equities as my guests will provide their views on performance drivers, themes, as well as positioning across sectors and regions. So looking forward to what will be an insightful conversation. Joining me for the conversation, glad to have back from the UBS Chief Investment Office, Senior U.S. Equity Strategist. Nadia Lovell from our partners at Fred Alger and Company. Glad to have with us Brad Newman. Brad serves as the firm's Director of Market Strategy and is a Senior Vice President. It's great to have you both here with us. Thank you for spending some time with our listeners, our clients, and very much looking forward to the conversation. Welcome. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us, Dad. Absolutely. So to start, Brad, we're beginning to close in on the end of the first quarter of 2023. It's amazing how quickly time goes. But just reflecting on U.S. equity market performance on a year-to-date basis, this relative to your expectations heading into 2023, what, Brad, would you cite as being the notable performance drivers? How have things played out relative to your expectations thus far? So our major expectation for 2023, I think, was a reversal of what we uh, call the duration trade, which drove the 2022 performance. So obviously had an increasing uh, inflation expectations and um, increasing real interest rates in 2022. And just like higher interest rates impact longer duration bonds, like a 30-year bond more than uh, a one-year bond, we think that that's... Uh, what impacted longer duration equities like growth equities or small cap growth equities in particular last year and drove their underperformance. We expected a reversal of that this year, and uh, indeed we've ha- we've gotten that. Whether you look at you know say the Russell 2000 growth uh, up in the high single digits, outperforming the S and P 500, or whether you look under the covers at some factors or characteristics like uh, the long term growth factor dramatically outperforming shareholder yield, uh, that's a, a big reversal from last year. Want to spend a few moments as well reflecting on the Q4 reporting season. I know at this point it's largely behind us, but curious to hear some takeaways as well as expectations for earnings growth over the next couple of quarters. Nadia, just reflecting back on Q4, what might be some key themes, takeaways you picked up on, and how do you see earnings growth progressing in quarters to come? Yeah, Dan, you know, the fourth quarter earnings season for the S&P 500 was somewhat underwhelming and really lackluster when you think about it. You know, despite the fact that the bar was low, we saw analysts really meaningfully reduce their estimates ahead of companies reported. But in aggregate, earnings still surprised to the downside in mess. You know, when all is said and done, as you said, we're wrapping up the earnings season, the fourth quarter, actually, we saw a decline of about 3% year over year. That's the first negative quarter that we've seen since the third quarter of 2020. And the forward guidance from corporates were somewhat tepid and cautious, just given the macro uncertainty. You know, the consensus estimates for 2023, we saw that trimmed a little bit further by about 3%. But in our view, they're still too high again. I mean, while the bottom-up analyst estimates are looking for low single-digit growth this year, we are looking for mid-single-digit contraction. We do think that there will be an earnings recession over the next several quarters, as really as the economy feels the drag of tighter monetary policies and margins really get squeezed in. 
Brad, what about your thoughts on earnings quality, what we witnessed throughout the course of the most recent earnings season, and what are your thoughts around the prospects for earnings recession popping up over the next couple of quarters? Yeah, I, I agree with um, just about everything Nadia said. Um, the the earnings uh, season was quite weak. Uh, the, the earnings surprise was well below historical norms. Uh, earnings estimates continue to come down. I, like she believes, I continue to think that uh, they have further to go. You know, analysts are looking for a rebound to earnings growth in the third and fourth quarters, um, low single digits in the third quarter and high single digits in the fourth quarter. I don't think that's going to happen. So I think earnings will be continue to be revised down, you know, and that kind of leads us to where we were. We are concentrating, which is in companies that can gain market share and uh, grow through, uh, you know, a difficult earnings environment. So, for instance, tech and healthcare uh, have had the highest percentage of earnings beats in this uh, earnings season. And, um, you know, what we've uh, seen is that there's been a lot of belt tightening, focus on profitability, uh, certainly within tech. Um, and we've seen companies that are in the right areas, um, particularly some in uh, healthcare bioprocessing and uh, some semiconductor companies exposed to the right themes have been able to post uh, pretty solid results and even guide to an acceleration. So it's really a question of the companies that are exposed to secular dynamics that can give them market share gains. Um, that's where we're focused. Brad, in terms of an outlook for broader equity market performance, I know just thinking back to the past few sessions, equities have had a rough go of it as Fed Chairman Jerome Powell has been delivering his testimony before Congress this week. But looking out a bit further throughout 2023, what, what would you say are your performance expectations for U.S. equities and what would you cite as being the notable headwind? facing investors? Well, going back to what I said earlier, I think the market headwinds kind of come in two phases. Um, the, the first phase, I think we've largely lived through, it's uh, mostly over, which is uh, increase in interest rates and the corresponding valuation compression. Um, so that I think that's mostly over, although we still have a, a relatively full valuation in, in large caps in the U.S. Small caps, I think, are, are a little bit cheaper. Um, but if interest rates can uh, stop going up and we can get some relief on inflation sometime in the next few months, and I, I do think real interest rates um, may have peaked, then that valuation compression uh, is largely in the rearview mirror. <clears throat> that leads us to, uh, to contend, investors to contend with negative earnings revisions, which uh, I mentioned is still likely to continue in uh, the near term. So I think that's the, the biggest uh, contention. Um, you know, right now with a relatively full valuation with the S&P 100 sitting at, at 4000 and the market uh, even at uh, $223 in earnings, which is the consensus right now that puts you at about 18 times earnings or uh, 16 times the consensus for next year. Those are relatively full valuations, and we think uh, both those numbers will come down. So that's what the market has to contend with. And, of course, if there is a recession and the leading economic index and uh, yield curve and, and other metrics would lead you to believe uh, that there is a solid probability of having a recession, then that means that those uh, earnings probably have to come down further. You know, every recession um, in, in U.S. post-World War history, post-World War II has seen uh, earnings decline. And so that means you'd have to post something less than $220 a share in earnings this year, which is what it was in 2022. So you have, you know, declining earnings and uh, and a multiple that, that probably can't expand much um, leads you to really have to be uh, 
selective and uh, and again find those companies that are able to grow through a uh, difficult environment. And Brad, to that end, do you want to spend some time on positioning in a few moments? Though Nadia, to bring you back in as far as expectations, this through the lens of CIO as far as equity returns, it sounds like we have a fair amount of uncertainty ahead of us. What are your performance expectations for equities through the balance of 2023? agree with much of what Brad just said. You know, the market is digesting a lot and receiving some mixed signals. You know, we have an economy and a consumer that has remained surprisingly resilient, even after the fact that you've had 450 basis points hike in interest rates over the last year. But at the same time, you have inflation that has remained stubbornly high, and that has implications for earnings and valuation. You know, the Federal Reserve is likely going to have to go higher and for longer. Uh, now, the market could continue to oscillate, as we've seen so far this year, with, within this range-bound near-term, uh, while it sort of waits for some clarity on the macro data. But the headwinds from higher rates for longer, they're building down, and it will become more difficult for the market to fight that. We just don't think that it will be able to break through nor break out in a sustainable way. It is more likely to break down as we get in the back half of the year. So we actually recently trimmed our year in price target for the S&P 500 down to 3,800. So that suggests some downside from current levels then. As an equity investor, Nadia, the question becomes, well, how should I think about positioning this in consideration of the current rate environment coupled with how macro conditions might evolve from here, thinking about the prospects for a recession on the horizon? Nadia, what's your thinking in terms of sector positioning at the moment? We think that the Fed wants a period of subtrend economic growth in order to really push inflation back down towards that 2% target. You know, the more inflation haunts the Fed, the higher rates might have to go. You know, while it's not the goal, it could ultimately tip this economy into recession. So the risk does still remain quite high in our view. And so in this environment with a wide range of potential outcomes, we are taking a somewhat more balanced approach to our sector position. And even though we still tilt slightly towards defensive, so we have a preference for a defensive sector consumer staples, you know, couple that with a more cyclical one, energy, and then we round that out with real estate, which has a combination of defensive, cyclical, as well as dollar growth. Okay. And then, Brad, how are you thinking about sector positioning at the moment, given the environment that we're currently in, and what might be in store down the pike a bit? Because I think the risks have changed dramatically in 2023 as compared to 2022, I think the portfolio positioning um, for a lot of investors should probably change. So in 2022, it was all about um, reducing your risk relative to valuation and long duration, and um, those were underperformers. If that risk has shifted towards uh, fundamentals and uh, negative earnings revisions, then you really want to be in the companies, uh, as I said earlier, that can grow through a difficult economic environment. So uh, that to us is uh, growth stocks, companies that can gain market share, and companies that have exposure to uh, less exposure to the overall economy. So from a sector perspective, that'd be healthcare stocks, uh, particularly areas like uh, where we see advances in surgical technologies, such as uh, robotic surgeries or medical devices like stents that use energy waves to break up calcium deposits. Those are all kind of companies or, or industries that we think are attractive. Um, 
we also like exposure to advances in uh, biotech research and development where companies are finding and attacking the root causes of diseases like cystic fibrosis and inflammatory bowel disease. Uh, those things we think are not going to be very sensitive to economic malaise that uh, could be on the horizon as we get the lagged impact of tightened uh, monetary policy. And it's kind of unusual that these companies that are gaining market share in the uh, economy also have some valuation support, particularly um, the small growth companies. And I mentioned long duration equities had underperformed and, and in our view overshot to the downside. So now you have uh, small cap growth stocks like the S&P 600 small cap growth index trading at a 15% discount to the S&P 500. That's very unusual in history. Normally it's about a 15% premium. So you've got these companies that can maybe uh, grow through a difficult economic environment trading at attractive levels. And so uh, we like growth, small cap growth in particular, uh, healthcare and uh, less cyclical uh, growthy areas. So, um, you know, again, growth stocks, they have performed better in recessions. Uh, in fact, over the past three recessions, their earnings have declined uh, about a third that of value stocks. So uh, that's what our focus is on, on market share gaining companies. Uh, small cap growth uh, would be the preferred place and in terms of sectors, um, uh, acyclical areas like healthcare. A lot of considerations there in terms of regional preferences, Nadia. I know our chief investment office here at UBS has a regional preference for the United Kingdom, Australia, as well as emerging markets. Uh, that does include China. Uh, Brad, curious if you have any regional preferences to speak to, but more so thematically speaking, Brad, what looks most interesting at the moment? What have you been talking to clients about? Well, it isn't lost on us that um, non-U.S. Um uh, capital markets equities are uh, cheaper relative to the U.S. than they have been in some time. So there are uh, certainly some good opportunities outside of the U.S. But but the way that we look at the world is really, um, you know, how industries are evolving and what innovations are, are driving that industry evolution. And we see that all over the world. So, we, um, you know, these, these innovative themes that I can talk about are just as real um, inside of the U.S. as they are outside of the U.S. So, uh, for example... Uh, artificial intelligence has um, really seen some accelerating growth since the November 2022 um, introduction of ChatGPT. Uh, our research suggests that companies in a variety of industries are kind of clamoring for this technology. Uh, you know, Bill Gates recently said that it's every bit as important as the PC is the Internet, and we would agree that the uh, inflection p uh, point is upon us. So um, there, are, there are lots of uh, ways to play that that we think are interesting. Of course, there's the cloud service providers um, that, uh, that, provide, that are going to be providing artificial intelligence as a service. There's uh, vertically-based uh, software companies that are utilizing artificial intelligence that um, make data more valuable. Uh, so these are um, uh, software-as-a-service type uh, providers. And um, in, in particular, cybersecurity uh, is also an area there where artificial intelligence kind of lends itself to increasing arms uh, war and that AI can be used by the good guys and the bad guys. But at the end of the day, uh, it creates more spending on security. And then finally, uh, within artificial intelligence, uh, of course, you need hardware, uh, chips and, and storage. And so um, some of those semiconductor areas are interesting to us as well. Uh, other uh, innovative areas that we're interested in, uh, solar. The recent Inflation Reduction Act has put the U.S. on very competitive footings uh, with the rest of the world and, and lowered um, the cost structure of some of these U.S. solar companies. 
Uh, that combined with huge uh, reduction in cost in solar technology, over 40% in the past five years, has made utility-scale solar uh, cheaper than fossil fuel alternatives, and we think that's a innovative area that can grow uh, despite downward econo- um, economic revisions. Uh, you know, and then maybe a third idea would be uh, the Internet of Things. This is you know the explosion in connected devices, um, creating uh, all of these uh, connected uh, devices that are. Um, transmitting uh, more data uh, that can be processed, um, and we need the cloud to process that data. Um, and the uh, Internet of Things, uh, some, some ways to play that would be uh, semiconductor companies, because um, you need, of course, microchips in uh, devices, whether it's on the industrial floor or in um, you know, consumer uh, households to uh, communicate and, and process data. And so um, we think that there's going to be a big um, growth, uh, high teens type annual growth over the next several years in in the Internet of Things. So those are three innovative ideas that uh, that are represented in our strategies. Well, thank you, Brad, for citing those. There's a lot that's exciting out there in the way of thematic focuses, AI in particular, which you highlighted for us, I know was on CIO's radar as well. A lot of interesting developments there, especially recently. But before we close out in the way of final thoughts and takeaways, Nadia, what we can do, we'll provide our guest, Brad Newby, with the final words. So, Nadia, I'll go to you first if you have anything you'd like to reinforce for us or any final thoughts or takeaways you would like to leave us with today. Yes, Dan, you know, I think it's clear that rates are going to be higher for longer and recession rates are still quite elevated, so the timing of a recession still remains uncertain. And so we think that tactically in this environment, you want to remain nimble. You know, but from a longer-term perspective at the same time, you want to also make sure that you have a portfolio that is balanced across asset class as well as regions that is going to be able to weather any sort of the storms of the business cycle. Thank you, Nadia. And then, Brad, I'll go to you for the final word. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Well, I would take a minute just to zoom out for your listeners. Uh, you know, I think while it's tempting to focus on the impact of central bank actions um, and where we are in the economic cycle, we believe that the reality is that innovation is accelerating, some of the innovative areas I mentioned earlier. And that's the real wealth driver over time for investors, and that's what drives uh, sales and earnings higher. You know, keep in mind, the last time we had a recession driven by very high inflation in the early 1980s, that was before PCs, before the Internet, before smartphones. And yes, it was painful, and earnings fell over 20% in real terms. But earnings per share was only $15 back then for the S&P 500, not the you know 215 or so we're talking about this year. So innovation can drive a lot of wealth, and uh, I, you know, I just want to keep people focused on, on the long term. Brad and Nadia, thank you both very much for spending some time with our listeners, our clients, our advisors. Very productive conversation coming off what was a tumultuous 2022 for equity investors. Very interesting to hear your takes on how 2023 has played out thus far, what performance might have in store for the balance of the year. Interesting to hear about some of these thematic focuses as well, sector preferences. So some great positioning guidance there. So Nadia, Brad, thank you again for spending some time with us today. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. It's my pleasure. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliates. The views and opinions expressed in this material by external guest speakers are those of the author, speaker, and are not those of UBS, its subsidiaries or affiliates. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over the content of this material or any claims, losses, or damages arising from the use or reliance of all or any part thereof. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is 
is published for informational purposes only. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer. 